This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're dropping our fears about giving birth in episode number 175. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, ladies. It is Kristen Burgess from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and I am super excited to be here with you talking to you about pregnancy, birth, and babies. I have gotten a lot of requests for podcast episodes lately, so I hope that over the next few weeks, y'all are able to see some of the topics that you asked for on the podcast. This week, I want to talk about fearless birth because I just recently revamped my fearless birth class. As y'all can tell, I am recording this podcast episode while I have children awake, so you'll probably hear them in the background. Anyways, um, I just recently completely revamped my Fearless Birth Workbook, and if you haven't gotten that, you can check that out at birthbabylife.com slash fearless. That's birthbabylife.com slash fearless. But it really got me thinking about this concept of fearless birth. Fearless birth is actually the first product that I ever created for mamas, and I created it because I saw a need for it. And indeed, I had a need for it in my own life. I actually made it for myself. And it's something that moms really need. But sometimes I think you don't realize that you need it. Like I realized that I needed something to help me process fears that I had and get ready for birth on a level outside of physical preparation. And so that's why I created Fearless Birth. So I'm going to come back and talk about that. But first, let's talk about a couple of questions that I commonly get when I'm talking about this concept of quote unquote fearless birth. So the first question is, what is a fearless birth? What does that even mean? Does that mean that you don't have any anxiety or any worry or any fears in the back of your head or anything like that? And I don't believe that that's the case. That's not a definition of fearless birth. When I think about my own births, I would say that I went into each of my births with a level of confidence, and especially with my later babies. I had a lot of confidence and belief in the process, but I believe that worry is the work of pregnancy. I know that Marin from Indie Birth said that at one time. I don't know if she got that from another wise woman, but worry is truly the work of pregnancy. There's going to be fear. There's going to be anxiety, and I don't I don't believe that we can ever completely remove that because part of it is the nature of life, which is life has unknowns, life has risks, and we have to wrestle with that and understand that life might bring that to us. And so that's always there at the back of our mind. But a fearless birth is a birth where you don't believe that you can go in completely 100% void of all fear, but where you've taken those fears that are especially profound for you or fears that might feel like little niggling fears that keep coming up or they're at the back of your mind and you keep shoving them to the back of your mind. I talk about that in Fearless Birth. Like, What are those little things that you keep pushing to the back of your mind and not addressing? So it's the big obvious ones and those little niggling ones. And when you take the time to address those, then you may not go into birth 100% certain that something that you feared won't happen. For example, one of my biggest fears with my early births was having an unnecessary cesarean section or really even having a cesarean section at all, even if it was necessary. And so that, you know, 
there's no way you can 100% reassure a given woman that that won't happen no matter how many babies she's had or what the, you know, what her experience or her situation is. You know, it's, there's always a possibility that baby could turn into a wonky position or whatever. It may be a minuscule, minute, like 0.0000001 possibility, but it might be there. And so we, we as women, you can't deny that. But being fearless and preparing for a fearless birth means that you look at that fear, you consider it, you give it intention, and you do the work that allows you to set it to the side and know that, you know what, I've considered this, what might happen, what it says about me, how I would handle that. And that gives me the freedom to step aside. And that's what the Fearless Birth Workbook does, is it takes you through that process of looking at those big fears. And for some of them, you may want to use the formal workbook process with worrying about a cesarean birth. I used the formal workbook process. With others, they may be smaller and you're able to mentally run through the steps or do a bit of mental analysis for yourself. But whatever it takes, what it what that does is it sets out a process for you to walk through as you let go of those fears so that you're able to go into birth free of that. And I don't think that you need to have the workbook. I didn't have the workbook with my first three babies. I created it with my fourth baby. But I found it really helpful in it as a systemized way of walking through things and really resolving them and letting them go so that they didn't continue floating around in my brain. And that's what you want when you go into birth fearlessly is you want to know that even if there was that you know, that small statistical probability that this could happen comes true. I have dealt with this and handled this, and I have at least an inkling of how I would handle it. And that allows you to go into birth free of some of that baggage and anxiety and those other things that have a really profound impact on birth and on mothering, because a lot of women's fears end up being about mothering or breastfeeding or how what kind of a mom you'll be. I've had those fears throughout all of my pregnancies. And especially as I got past the worry of having an unnecessary cesarean just because I'd had a lot of babies and had a lot of belief in myself, there were still those fears about mothering. And, and my place as myself and who I was as a woman and a person. So it may not necessarily be fears that are related to birth, that can impact birth. There may be relationship things and stuff like that going on. And all of that can be processed and allow you to go into birth more freely. And that cascades into the next thing that I wanted to talk about, which was can you, like you, the woman who's listening to me right now, can you go into birth fearlessly? Because I think that sometimes we have this picture, like you may look at me and say, oh my goodness, Kristen's had eight babies and she's assisted at some home births and She's helped a lot of women, and she just doesn't have any fear around birth. And I'm not like her. I'm a first-time mom, and I grew up with Hollywood and television portrayals of birth, and my mom and my aunts and my grandma telling me how horrible it was and that I should just be knocked out like great-grandma Ethel was because they regret being able to remember everything. (laughs) So how am I going to do it? So you may feel like, you know what, this is for other women or for that super crunchy woman down the street, you know, who eats granola and meditates every day in her backyard and walks her goats around in the neighborhood, but it's not for me. What I want you to realize is that every woman can go into birth fearlessly when you approach fearless birth from that paradigm that I just shared with you, which is I believe in myself and in my ability to process and work towards this outcome. And I believe that I can use a system to address the things that I worry about and work through them. And I can go on to have a good birth. Now, another piece of that, if 
if you followed my teaching for any length of time, you know, I usually talk about the pillars of birth. So the first one is the physical preparation for birth, like literally nourishing your body, moving your body, handling stress, and those sorts of things. The very nuts and bolts, day-to-day physical nourishment of your body and the physical nourishment of your baby. And then the second thing is the is the intellectual preparation and that involves both choices like the choices that you make who am I who is my care provider going to be where am I going to give birth and then also choices that you make for gaining skills like that intellectual work that you do to gain skills so there's some practical there's overlap between the pillars there's some practical like movements and things that you might do to help yourself get ready for birthing but the skills and understanding choices and understanding interventions and complications and how to prevent those things and that sort of thing. That's the intellectual work of birth. And then there is the final pillar, which is the mental, spiritual, emotional work of birth, that inner work of birth. And every woman has the ability to do these things. So when you're thinking about a fearless birth, I think you really need all three pillars. So when I talk about you can follow the process in fearless birth to analyze and work through your fears. I also think it's you going into birth fearlessly, so to speak, is supported by you doing those other two pillars as well, which is that physical nourishment exercise, learning how to handle stress, those sorts of things. And then also that really practical work of making choices, understanding interventions and complications, how to prevent them. That will also, that's part of fearless birth as well. And then also gaining skills so that you think to yourself, I'm prepared. I know how to handle labor. I know how to work with my baby during labor and birth. Those things will help you as well. So it all supports each other. And it doesn't matter really where you're starting from right now, so to speak. Excuse me, ladies. What matters is that you're willing to, to do the exploration, to be curious, and then ultimately to do the work. I do think there are some women who maybe have this innate trust in birth or they've grown up in a culture where there's a lot of trust in birth. And for them, it, it may be really nice meditations and affirmations, and then they just float through birth. Those women exist. I was not one of those women. But I think many women do need to do some intentional preparation on these different levels. And I believe that every woman who does that intentional preparation can go into birth with that fearless outlook on birth. So let's talk a little bit more on this now that we've answered those two big questions. So when we think about birth and pregnancy and having a baby, it's It's like, first of all, it's all about the baby, number one. It's not really about the mom or the mom's experience. And I think that leads us to perhaps shortchange doing the inner work or even doing the practical work that we would need to do to support ourselves. Like, for example, most women will do the physical preparation because they believe that that helps the baby. But making choices, learning birth skills, and that sort of thing, women might not do because that's more about supporting your experience and your ability to have the experience that you want to have. And then the mental, emotional, spiritual side of birth and pregnancy and preparing for those things, women will just not do at all. Because again, if it's all about the baby, it's it can be hard to see how do these things that feel a lot like self-care or even selfishness For some women, I'm not saying that they are selfish. I'm saying that some women can feel selfish taking that time for themselves. You know, if it's all about the baby, how do you do 
those things? Or how do you justify taking time out of your life to do those things? And then the other way that we think about birth and having a baby is as a consumer event. Not so much during pregnancy because usually purchases in pregnancy are out of necessity like maternity clothes and pregnancy pillows and those sorts of things. But you quickly run into that consumer aspect, which is getting all of the baby gear and everything that you need for your baby. And then it's just consumer culture from like zero to 18 from then on out. So it's really a consumer oriented thing. And it comes back to being all about the baby. We don't really have any belief in our culture that birth should be a good experience for women or that pregnancy and birth and mothering should be a good experience for women. There are things that we as a culture intrinsically understand that most women desire, like we realize that most women want to be mamas, but we don't have any, any belief that these processes should benefit the woman other than I guess getting what she wants she gets the ba- excuse me she gets the baby or she gets you know the the children to mother up but once you have a baby or once you're pregnant it kind of all becomes about the baby in a way that I think is justified and also at the same time detrimental and I'm going to do a podcast episode on the value of a mother hopefully next week and I'll talk more about this but I I do believe that we We reduce mothers, once you become a mother, we reduce you to being simply about facilitating your children's life and kind of forget about you as a woman and as a person and even as a mother, which I believe is a sacred calling, a rite of passage and a journey in and of itself, a spiritual journey, emotional journey, a journey of self-growth. And that's just not even, none of that is looked at. So pregnancy and birth as part of that rite of passage and that catalyst of change, They're not looked at. It's looked at as a consumer event and a means to a baby. So because that's the foundation and the paradigm that we come from, we do essentially no preparation for birth. So all of that was to get back around to this point to explain why as a culture we don't do preparation for birth. We give lip service to preparation for birth. Like you can take childbirth classes at most hospitals But those childbirth classes often educate you on what to expect from your hospital stay and what things look like and familiarize you with labor and delivery, which isn't a, I mean, that's not a bad thing. Getting to know the, the architectural layout of the maternity ward isn't a bad thing. Understanding the policies and procedures of the place you're giving birth isn't a bad thing. But when you call it a childbirth course, but all you do is educate women on policies and procedures and the way that we do things and, oh, here are your pain relief options. And then, oh, I guess we'll support you if you want to have a natural birth. Yeah, I mean, here we have a birthing suite. There's a birth ball here. Look, we're progressive. That's kind of the attitude that you get when you're looking at hospital births. And even with home birth midwives, a lot of times there's this I guess, assumption that because you chose a home birth with a home birth midwife, you don't need to prepare for birth. Now, this differs widely. There are many midwives who insist, especially for first-time moms, that you need to go through some sort of childbirth education. And many believe that doing that inner work is really important. But I... I have seen where many midwives don't talk about that or don't incorporate discussions or questions about that. Even a simple question at many appointments as a woman gets closer to birth, what are you doing for birth preparation? Do you have any fears or anything like that? 
those sorts of things could come up and help support women in realizing the importance of preparing for birth. But for the most part, we just don't have it. What we have is token. We do have some cultural icons like Lamaz, Bradley. You may have heard of those, and I'm grateful for them and pioneers, and especially for the way that we've seen those things change as we understand more and more about physiological birth. Like, for example, the Lamaz of today is very different from the Lamaz of your mother's generation. And I'm grateful for that. You know, so we do have some, especially when you're planning a natural birth, notion that you should do some level of preparation. But as a culture, I think the expectation is that the woman will go to the hospital and she'll be delivered of the baby and the the medical system will take care of everything. And then it's just back right, you know, she slots right into that consumer medical paradigm of well baby visits and lots of baby purchases. And so the woman's experience and preparation are just not, they're not there, they're not emphasized, they're not asked about, they're not there. So women don't understand that they need to prepare for birth in order to help get themselves to where they feel confident and prepared. So what should you do going into preparation for birth? Well, I talked about it when I talked about those three pillars, but we need to start with this. We should have much higher expectations of what birth can be, even if interventions are needed. Some days I really wish that I could have these discussions without feeling like I need to add a disclaimer on, and maybe one day I will get to that place, but at least right now I still feel like I need to add a disclaimer on that even if interventions are needed, because we know that sometimes a small group of moms and babies do need assistance, and that's why we're grateful for that assistance being there. We know that most moms don't, but if you will. But regardless of that, we should have much higher expectations of pregnancy and birth. We should have the expectation that most women will have a pregnancy that is a beautiful journey for her. It may not always be an easy journey. I I recorded a video for a mama just the other day who sent me a message and said that she was just really overwhelmed because she's just been, you know, set terrible morning sickness, hormonal peaks and valleys all over the place. She just feels like a basket case in the first trimester. And my heart went out to her because it is really, really, really a challenge for her and for many women. And I've had, like, my fifth pregnancy was a difficult pregnancy for me physically mentally emotionally it was hard but even those difficult experiences can be honored we can choose that it all gets to be for our good we can choose that and it may not feel like that in the moment but working on cultivating that is something that's empowering and honoring that this experience even if it's difficult even if it's blissful can be a profound experience for you as a woman, an experience with self-growth. And I know there are some women out there who just want to get to the baby. And if that's you, you're probably not listening to this podcast to begin with. But if that's you, that's fine. But I'm speaking to the many women who have a sense that it can or should be or they want it to be something different. And then, of course, we should have much higher expectations of what the birth should be. Like, we should expect that pregnancy is an experience that allows for a mom to have self-growth, to grow self-confidence, to grow her voice, to grow her intuition, and to grow a really, really cute baby. And we should also expect that birth is a profound experience, and it has the potential to be an ecstatic experience. It is biologically primed to be an ecstatic experience. Sarah Buckley's work talks about this. I'll link to my podcast episode uh, where I interviewed Sarah. 
So Dr. Buckley talks about how we are primed biologically to have an ecstatic birth experience because that is what benefits the mother and the baby, therefore ensuring the survival of the mother-baby dyad, which from a species perspective is a good thing. If your baby survives and if mom survives to go on to nourish and nurture this baby and perhaps have more babies, from a biological perspective, that is a happy thing. So biology, regardless of your worldview, whether you believe it was a created system, whether you believe it was an evolved system, it doesn't matter. This system was geared to work. And as Dr. Buckley talks about, geared not just to work, but geared towards ecstasy for the mother, because from a survival perspective, that is what benefits mother and baby and the species the most. And that is this probably a vastly different view than you hear from most others. That's a vastly different expectation. But what we should do is go into birth with that expectation. And then this is a wisdom from Wintergreen with the Common Knowledge Trust is that even if you need interventions, if you have prepared for birth with skills, which is what Wintergreen loves to talk about, and then also I believe with this mental, emotional, spiritual preparation. And when I talk about spiritual, I'm not talking about religious. I'm talking about like that inner part of your being. When you prepare with those things, even if you need an intervention, you feel more confident, you feel more empowered, you feel more respected, you feel stronger in expressing your voice and being able to create sacred out of an experience that might be difficult and to be able to recapture sacred after that, which is something that there are so many women that I'm so grateful for. I'm standing on the shoulder of giantesses, ladies. Uh, But uh, Karen Strange teaches about this. She mostly educates midwives. Um, but she talks about the baby's experience of birth and also healing after birth if that's needed for mother and baby. And that, so she talks about recapturing that sacred in the way that you are with your baby and you allow both of you to express. So what I'm saying with that, and I'm going off on a million tangents just because these ladies are so inspirational and all of this bubbles up when I'm teaching you. But what I'm saying is that When we have that expectation and when we do that preparation, we can capture an experience that is ultimately for our good and empowering and even brings moments of ecstasy in the moment of birth, which is the way that it is for most women. And even if interventions are needed, ecstasy and wisdom and a sacredness and understanding this journey, looking at this journey with this baby for what it needed to be. Perhaps that's what this baby needed. Sometimes uh, I think that babies choose their paths on purpose. And also how it helps you grow. That, that's our birthright. A birth that can have that level of power no matter how it plays out. And when we prepare and when we honor that we're on this journey and it's going to come to this place. And that's just a point on the journey. But it's a significant point in our journey. Then things go better. So start with honoring that. And then again, prepare on every single level. Prepare on every single level. Do that physical preparation and make choices. But please don't stop with choices. If I were to say another thing that our society has reduced birth to, and this this ties in with the consumer culture, because think about it. What do you want, an Android or an iPhone? You know, what do you want, Subway or McDonald's? Whatever. It's that it's that consumers get choices. So we make choices in birth. But that's a simplistic view of birth. You can't just make a choice and say it's one and done. It's like I can't wake up tomorrow and decide I'm going to run a marathon and then go run a marathon. I would, I would be hurting. So what you do is you make a conscious choice 
and then you work towards that. You gain skills. I, I love athletes, and um, we're going to end up talking about them in another podcast that's coming up because they're so inspirational and because it, it has nice analogies for birth. But prepare on every level. So gain those actual skills that you need for birth. Look at your choices, yes, and make those choices with confidence. But also gain skills. Do that practical work of nourishing yourself and your baby via food and movement and de-stressing and pampering yourself. Please pamper yourself, mama. And then also do that preparation of knowing skills. Do the intellectual preparation, too, of understanding interventions and complications and what happens during pregnancy and birth. Because information is power. But don't stop there, either. Do that skill-based work and do this work, this mental, emotional, and spiritual work, looking at this journey and how it's profound for you and how it's changing you, even though you don't know the resolution and you don't understand exactly how this will impact the woman and person that you are. Because motherhood isn't the totality of our identity, but it's a powerful part of our journey that helps forge us into the strong women that we become. And so when we honor and do that work, even in the uncertainty and perhaps ambivalence that we might have in that, it really helps us. And that's talking about, again, just ambivalence about the totality of the motherhood journey. And then, of course, I'm talking about anxieties and fears and things that are directly tied to pregnancy, birth, and baby issues. And then there are other levels of things, other levels of preparation that we get some we get some lip service to, and some people who are passionate about it, like thinking about shifting relationships. I found that pregnancy be- can become a catalyst for your relationship, like with your husband or partner, for sure. That one's obvious, but also a catalyst for relationship with especially extended family. And some women aren't prepared for that, or some women realize it's coming and they dread it and they ask me for advice on it. But yeah, it's it can cause shifting in relationships, shifting in your self-identity and your position, literally like you may change the work or career trajectory that you're on. So these are all levels. And I think we do have people who tend to speak to these levels. Like you can even buy books on how to help prepare your pets for your coming baby. So we do have people who are serving these other issues, but I think that we don't tend to talk about them globally. So I want to talk about the fact that sometimes birth preparation may involve looking at relationships, looking at your pets, um, getting your house ready. And then also, how does this shift me, like my career trajectory uh, and those sorts of things? You know, that is also part of that work that we do during pregnancy and that preparation. So those things, doing that work and looking at those things helps us to go into birth fearlessly. I don't want you to think that every single day needs to be this intense session where you're journaling through everything for hours. But I do feel that giving some time and permission to yourself to exploring these things as they come up and then to doing that basic groundwork to prepare for pregnancy, making some time for childbirth preparation, certainly making time to become educated on pregnancy, diet, and exercise and those sorts of things. All of that is important. And making that time, giving yourself permission to do that work where you do the self-examination, where you look at things and how they're going, for you, that is really, really, really important. Doing that self-work and honoring yourself and believing in your value and in your worth as a woman 
And as a person, like you have intrinsic worth, mama. If nobody has told you that today, I want to be the one to tell you that today. Just because you are. Not because you've done or achieved anything. You were not created wrong. You are beautiful. You are wonderful. And you are deserving of a good experience. You are deserving of some moments to explore this experience and to feel feel it out and to think about it and to ponder it and to hope and to dream and to look at your fears and maybe wrestle with those a bit and then clear those out. And all of that is in service to you. It's in service to your baby. It's in service to your family. It's in service to your community and to the world. Because I truly believe that when we have healthy, conscious mamas who are also intentional and fierce mama bears, our world and our society benefits. And I I have come back to this so many times, like in every video that I've done and every podcast that I've recorded and every everything that I've been doing lately. But I guess it's just really been pressing on my heart or maybe overflowing out of my heart lately, partially because of what I've experienced in my own life and family and just having to pull on the depths of that strength. But I really believe that it serves us. And so going into birth fearlessly, doing all this work to prepare for birth fearlessly is really enhancing yourself and your ability and your confidence to go forward throughout your life as a woman, as a mother, as a person, as a human being, as a community member, however you want to see yourself right now or however many different facets of yourself you see because surely there are many We'll all be strengthened by this journey if you honor it and your value and your worth and your right to go through it and do this work. So I hope that this has been inspirational to you. I think it's been inspiration and rumination and practical tips all woven throughout. If you're interested, again, in fearless birth, I think you can do a lot of this work on your own, in your own ruminations, but I personally found having a system to work through those big things, and it takes you step by step, not just through saying, oh, I fear this, and then, whew, I let this go, but actually looking at the fear, thinking about what that means for you. What is the fear? Because sometimes we have this nebulous fear like a cesarean, and you know, where they take the baby out of you and then what does that really mean what does healing look like all those sorts of things and if it's a complication that you fear what could prevent it so it takes you through all of that looking at that becoming an educated woman and then doing that inner work to help process and let go of it it's all there in a step-by-step process the most fun for me with the revision was doing up fresh worksheets that I think they're really pretty they make me excited but they're there to help facilitate you doing the work and thinking them through you can print off as many as you want and just sit there and kind of work through it at your pace and really get that feel and then really get that sense of clearing that comes after so again, that is at birthbabylife.com fearless. And with that, I will wrap this up. I will talk to you next week, and I hope that you have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.